Welcome to the Game Day Tailgate Show with Black and Abdallah. Black and Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. Here we go, Abdallah. Let's yeah. get after it. Week 15 in the NFL. The Chicago Bears are on the road today in Cleveland to face off against the Browns. The Browns are 8-5. and five. The Bears are 5-8, and eight, but coming off of a two-game winning streak, the first in Matt Eberflus's tenure as Bears head coach. And things are alive. It's what we asked for, Abdallah, heading into this season. Early December, games that matter, be in the hunt, have a chance. And that's what the Bears have in front of them today in Cleveland. I got two pictures on my phone from yesterday's games of me pausing the TV <laughs> and getting the in-the-hunt graphic. Shout out to the Bengals for taking care of business against the Vikings. That helps the Bears. Yes, the, other, the other two games didn't really matter for the Bears. But uh, but shout out to the uh, Bengals for, ha- for beating in what was a, uh, I mean, it was a game. <laughs> <laughs> yesterday between the Bengals and the Vikings, but they win. That helps the Bears wild card. It is still hunting season. They've got a great opportunity to go on the road, especially if against a very good defense. If you if you want to see something from Justin Fields, this could be the game because yes, the Browns defense is very good. They're the number one defense in DVOA. They've got all the numbers going there in their favor. But the last three games they've given up an average of thirty points a game. So you can score on this Browns defense. So when I look at this, I think it's going to be a very simple game plan for the Bears. Run the ball, control the clock, be opportunistic with your throws. Don't fumble, don't turn the ball over, Justin. But most importantly for me is no pre-snap penalties and also being ahead of the sticks, right? Like you've got to get five, six yards on first down because this Browns team is one of the best teams in stopping third down conversion. So I think the Bears have an opportunity to win. I think the line movement dictates that as well. It's now down to a two-and-a-half-point spread on FanDuel. The Bears are a two-and-a-half-point dog on the road uh, in Cleveland. And I think that this uh, this weather that's going to be in Cleveland, it's going to be gusty, about 15 miles an hour, 65% chance of rain. Could also help the Bears, too, because they are very good at running the football, and the Browns aren't that great at stopping the run. And also, they face Joe Flacco. I'd say this, you know, when we look at the quarterback specifically, Abdallah, you laid out a game plan of run heavy for the quarterback. If we go back the last five games that Justin Fields has played, he has thrown one interception. Let's keep it that way. Let's continue to take care of the football in the air. But I I think the one thing that we may see today that's going to upset a lot of people looking ahead into the future is the amount of carries for the quarterback. If, If we go back the last three weeks against Detroit, Three games ago, he ran the football 18 times for 104 yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bears played really well. They didn't win that game, obviously. They, they lose it late. I think that was on the defense, not the quarterback. Against Minnesota, he ran the football 12 times for 59 yards. And against Detroit last week, 12 times, 58 yards, one touchdown for Fields. I would guess the game plan will be heavy, more run for Fields today against this Browns defense. Also, when you look at it, take care of the football in the air. You have to take care of the football as a runner. Justin Fields has fumbled so many times in his career to this point. Take care of it as a runner. If you're going to be a runner today, I think I agree with you. I think that will be the game plan today for the Chicago Bears. Fields is going to run. Herbert's going to run. Foreman's going to run. You're going to see everyone running the football. Limited throws, the one thing that we pay attention to when gambling on football. You know, you hear 
rain in the system, it actually is the wind that affects scores yeah. and, and brings down the over-under more. So having wind there today in Cleveland, I'm expecting a run-heavy game, which will be fun for Monday because if the Bears win and they use Justin Fields' legs to do so, we're going to be inundated with phone calls on uh, Monday about how Justin Fields can't play the quarterback position. Well, listen. You know that's coming. All, a tidal wave of uh, people eating beef sandwiches telling us that Fields can't play. Listen, you got to hang on to the slippery footballs, okay? Got to hang on to the slippery balls today. That's going to be a must because it's going to be, if it is raining, there's 66% chance of rain. If it is raining, obviously that lends itself to a little bit of fumble problems, but the wind as well, like you said. I wouldn't be surprised, Chris, if this is more of a, you went through his rushing yards the last three games, right? Against the Lions twice and against the Vikings. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a game plan that resembles what we saw against the Vikings, where he's throwing, but it's not north-south. It's not, you know, north-south. It's east-west. Like, he's making a lot of screen throws, a lot of screen plays with this because I feel like that's how you're going to beat this team. They're going to blitz. They're going to try to make Justin uncomfortable. They're going to try to make him run and force him to fumble. And the way you get around that, we saw the Bears adjust from the first Vikings game to the second Vikings game. We saw how they adjusted with the screen game. I don't, I'll say it right now. 8.06, you can play this tomorrow. I don't care doesn't matter to me. I don't care if Justin Fields throws for 15 yards and they win the game. It doesn't matter to me. Win the game. Did you tell the guys to mark the tape? Mark the tape. Mark, take the tape. Take the little... Uh, the mark little, mark the, little, the tape. The little, yeah, 806. Mark the tape. Charlie I, Bevins, do you know what marking the tape means? Uh, like a marker in audition? That's the only way I know it. Yeah, it's a digital form of what what it is well charlie you, back in the day we used to use a system called reel to reel where we yeah, would record everything tape. On, on tape and you would actually have to take a marker and mark the tape and then you would have to take a razor blade or something like that and actually cut that's why it's called cutting tape because yeah. we actually had, had to, to cut, cut tape i've actually never done hey man, that you old i've never I've, done, I've it. done it i've never done it because when i was at columbia uh, you and I both went to Columbia College down the street here. When I went to Columbia, I remember going to my first production class and the teacher deciding that day to not teach reel to reel and just go right to digital. Oh, I learned how to do it. Yeah. We, so I yeah, never, I did, I did not have, I've yeah. never actually cut tape in my life. I've cut so, tape. I've what digitally if you made a mistake. You, you have to cut it out you're with screwed. the razor blade. Bro, you're screwed. Yeah, man. You don't get to edit undo here. Yeah. You're screwed. That's what happens if you make a mistake. They had little tape and everything. Anyway, my point is this. There's more on the line here than the future of Justin Fields. Okay? There's guys on this team that are, are that Ryan Poles and if Matt Eberflus is staying and Kevin Warren and the entire staff are looking at to be pieces on this team in the future. Is Jalen Johnson going to get paid? How does Darnell Mooney look? Um, the guys that you drafted, how are they looking? Do you need another left tackle? Do you, do you need more guys on the defensive line that are going to be stepping up for an injured Yannick Ngakwe who went on IR earlier this week um, because he broke his ankle in the last game against uh, the Lions? So... To me, there's more at stake here than is Justin going to throw for 300 yards, and if he doesn't, are they going to win? That doesn't matter to me. Get the win and stop the Browns because that, to me, matters more. The win matters more than how Justin looks. Now, if Justin looks terrible and and costs them the game, obviously that's a big deal. We'll come in here tomorrow. 
We'll be at Bears Night in Chicago, Edison Park Inn. Come hang out. TJ Edwards is going to join us from 7 to 8. Come hang out with us. It's going to be awesome. But tomorrow, I will be critical. If he costs them the game, I'll be critical of Justin Fields. But if he manages the game, doesn't turn the ball over, they control the time of possession, they're moving the ball down the field, however it looks, and they win the game, I'm not going to be critical. I'm not going to be the one that's going to say, well, it didn't look pretty enough for me. It didn't look good. And Justin didn't throw a nice football. So they only won with running the ball in the screen game. Doesn't matter to me. Get the win. That's what's most important right yeah, now. But you know how this works. There are many Bears fans who are not excited for today because all they care about is mock drafts and the future. Stupid. It's the truth, though. There are Bears fans who can't focus on today. All they focus on is tomorrow. And so there are people that if you get a win today, will be upset if it looks ugly. We've seen it already in multiple situations this season, and especially against the Minnesota Vikings on the road on Monday Night Football. They won an ugly game. Now, Justin made the play to get them in position for the field goal wasn't mm-hmm. good enough. Why? They threw too many screen passes. So what? Now, now I'd say this. For Luke Getze, the game plan for the Bears offensively, I don't mind the quick pass game. It doesn't bother me. What bothers me is the crap behind the line of scrimmage. Stop. <laughs> Go forward. <laughs> Whoever is going to touch the screen football. play is technically behind the line of no, scrimmage. No, no. My point is this. When you're clowning around behind the line of scrimmage, you're susceptible to big loss plays. Yeah. And it kills all momentum for the offensive side of the ball. Keep pushing forward. You've got a decent run offensive line. Run behind Tevin Jenkins. Get Nate Davis working. Get Darnell Wright moving forward. Yeah. Push forward. And I think the Bears will have success. If you're dancing around behind the, the line of scrimmage, multiple laterals, all this crap that they've instituted throughout this season. Think about all of the really bad offensive plays this year. Mm-hmm. Many of them have been stuff that takes place behind the line of scrimmage. Commit under center, all kinds of stupid crap. Yeah. Enough. Move forward. Yeah. And that that's where they have success, especially in short yardage situations. You've got a hell of a quarterback who can run the football. You've got good running backs. You are a team that has a fullback. Use them. The offensive Push line is playing really well. Forward. Yeah. And I think that's where they can have success. And, and you know how it's going to be. If the Bears do that and they win the game, it's going to be a, a huge positive for this team going into the final three. The final three games are gettable. You have to win today, though, to oh, yeah. keep it alive. And I would also add this. You know people are not going to be happy with it. And we'll take the calls at 312-332-3776, the comment I made, uh, made moments ago. People are only focused on April and May when we can talk about drafting a quarterback. Well, you know, what you have right now is an opportunity. Take advantage of it. And then I think that's why I'm interested in seeing today's game. Will Justin Fields be here for the next five years? I don't know. I don't have that answer. Could he develop into something that you can win with? I think he can. Mm-hmm. He now has to show it, though. Yeah. And I, I think he also equally has the ability to throw it all away. I I would just add this to the conversation. When you look at the Chicago Bears, and I see what Justin Fields has done to this point in the season, how many games has he thrown away this season? Quite honestly, after October the 1st, when they lost to Denver in week four, I'm not seeing games that he threw away, that he's the reason they lost. The Denver game in the fourth quarter, 
He's the reason they lost that game. Put it on Justin Fields. I think the Kansas City thing was in a complete team debacle. They, oh, from, yeah. from the start, yeah, they were all, the entire team was bad. Tampa put it on Fields. Mm-hmm. He threw that interception against Tampa Bay. Week two, two-minute drive. You have a chance. You throw a, a little screenplay right to the defensive lineman. Return. Game over. It's it. That's on Fields. Since week four, he has not done something to completely lose the game for the Chicago Bears. He has improved. He hasn't thrown as many interceptions. And now he needs to take care of the fumbles. And that's why, like, I think there is still a chance that he can prove that he's the guy for this team in the future. There's still a chance. They got to go out today and they got to do it. Well, there's two things, right? One, I mean, that Broncos game is going to haunt them. Like, it absolutely is going to haunt them. You know, because you look at how they played yesterday. Like, they played horrible yesterday. I know leading up to that game, they played better ever since that Bears game. Essentially, they've been playing better football. It's the Denver and the Lions game. It's, Those two yeah. games, you had the game Absolutely. won with two minutes ago. You lose both of them. If Absolutely. you win both those games at that moment, we're sitting here looking at a football team that's, what, seven and five? Smack dab in, mm-hmm. right in the middle of the playoff hunt. You're, yeah. you're, you're going to make the playoffs at that point. Mm-hmm. I mean, those two games will absolutely haunt them. Yeah, absolutely. And I I, I keep going back to this, Chris, is that if we look at, everybody's like, look at body of work, look at body of work, look at body of work. Okay, I will. In his last 17 games, Justin Fields has thrown for over 3,000 yards. He's rushed for over 1,000 yards. He's had 33 total touchdowns and 11 interceptions. That's body of work, is it not? It is. That's body of work. That's with the same offensive coordinator. That's with the same head coach. That's with... The same uh, with mostly the same weapons here now that you've I mean, obviously half the games you didn't have DJ Moore or not. Yeah, DJ Moore. And now you've got DJ Moore. You've got a better offensive line now. You've got a much better defense now than you did last year when they were selling off pieces. Now it looks like the pieces that Ryan Poles have added have been very successful on this team so far with a couple exceptions. Uh, But for the most part, he's put together a very good defense and he's added weapons and offensive line help on offense. And it's come out and helped Justin Fields. If we were looking at last year, if those 17 games happened over the course of one year, like if we were just looking at one season, it was like, hey, guys, last year, Justin Fields had over 3,000 yards and had over 1,000 yards rushing and 33 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. We'd be like, oh, my God, sign him. Pick up the fifth-year option and sign him. But because it's broken up over two years, because he was injured for four games this season, people are like, well, I don't know. Well, look at the body of work. You say body of work, body of work. The body of work is there. The wins and losses, some of them, most of them, are not his fault. Yes, you can find a couple games here and there where you can say, look, in, in the game against the Broncos, he cost them the game. The game against the, the Bucks, he cost them the game. But last year, that was all the defense. He was carrying the team, literally carrying the team with his legs, trying to keep them in games. This year, in games, he's kept them alive and cost him to win. Even though as bad as the Vikings game was, he, as, as it looked aesthetically, he made the play at the end of the game to get them into field position throwing that ball to Mooney. He made great throws that I haven't seen him make against the Lions last week. Right? Those not, and I'm not talking about the 
awesome throws that he made. You know, the the uh, the jumping off sides play where he had a wide open DJ Moore or Mooney on the sideline. I'm talking about the quick throws that keep drives drives alive. The the throws to Cole Komet at the at the uh, to get a first down. The throws to DJ Moore to get a first down. Those quick throws where you have to go through your progressions really quickly and then get the ball out fast and get to a guy who's going to get you a first down to keep drives alive and. He uses his legs, too, to keep drives alive. I don't care how it looks today. Just get the win so we can keep hunting. Let's ask this question the Bears fans. What do you think about this at 312-332-3776? Since October the 1st, so after week four, the Bears have gone on a run where they're 5-4 and four on the season. Now, I'm not forgetting about the 0-4 start. That was terrible. It was really bad. It was a bad way to start the season. But since week four... They have gone five and four since that point when they lost to the Broncos. Does that matter to you for Eberflus, for Fields, for this team moving forward? When you're, you're sitting around, you're talking Bears football, are you happy that they're going on a run, that they're above 500 here at the end of the season, or do you still default back to the 0-4 start and hoping for a new quarterback when we get to the offseason? I've got my focus on the next four weeks. I think there's something that could be done here for the Chicago Bears, and I like that they have really moved things in the right direction in the last nine games. Five and four since the start of October. What do you think about that at 312-332-3776? We're previewing the Bears and the Browns. It's Blocking Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. Chicago. It's, it's the Game Day Tailgate Show with Black and Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. You'll hear Bears and Browns right here on ESPN Chicago. Take the app with you. Download the ESPN Chicago app. You can listen live wherever you go. You can listen to Bears football at noon. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, they'll have the call live from Cleveland as the Bears look to add another win. Right now at 5-8, and eight, can they get to 6-8 and eight by today's end? The Vikings lost yesterday, Abdallah. Now, that actually is a big deal for the Chicago Bears as the Bengals win 27-24 in a fantastic football game. Uh, 28 points scored in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, it, was a, it was a fun game to watch, and the Vikings are now sitting at 7-7. Seven and seven. So with a win today, the Bears can just move just a game back of the Minnesota Vikings, and you split with the Vikings, so you might have an opportunity to try and catch them. And we'll go through all the different playoff scenarios as we go along here this morning with Bluck and Abdal here on ESPN 1000. But uh, that was a big one that the Vikings lost against the Bengals yesterday. Yeah, I mean, look, they're not going to catch the Lions, right? I think that this is you're looking to try to get a wild card spot. And last week, you know, during the breaks, we were playing with the uh, the the playoff machine trying to get the Bears in. And basically, you have to win out, you know, and I think that obviously today's game is the most important. But I also think it's the more the most difficult one. You know, you've got two home games next against teams that are used to warm weather or indoor conditions. The Cardinals aren't good. The Falcons aren't great. They're not horrible, but they're not great. And then, obviously, you go up north and face the Packers last game of the season. But we've seen Jordan Love played well for, like, three weeks and then in his last game came back down to earth and did not play well at all. So the way your defense is playing right now, as long as everybody stays healthy, 
it, that to me is going to be a much closer game than it was week one of the season. Help my memory out. Was uh, were there take that's on Jordan Love this season? Oh, were yeah. there take that's oh, happening? Yeah. Oh yeah, interesting. Mm. Uh, the Vikings they lose to the Bengals yesterday. Uh, heading into this week's action. The Vikings, if you combine the opponents' wins this season, they, they combine for 31. The Packers in the same uh, four weeks, 19, and the Bears, 23. So the Vikings, by far, have the hardest path here to get into the playoffs, and they'll face the D- Detroit Lions now twice in the next three weeks. Oof. So this, uh, this game yesterday, Bengals and Vikings, it, it's a big deal because – I think there is an opportunity. Now, this all starts. If you want to talk about Bears playoff opportunities, the very first thing that you have to understand with that conversation is the Bears have to keep winning. The moment they lose one of these next four games, you essentially are going to eliminate yourself. But if you continue to win, there's an opportunity to not only catch the Vikings, you could also catch the Packers. And I think that's the key. And, mm-hmm. and I think there, with both of those teams, no matter how the rest of the NFC kind of shakes out, with Tampa and New Orleans and Atlanta and uh, the Giants are in that conversation with, with the hunting and then the Rams. The Rams are a team that I think the Rams are going to make it. So the Rams are another team you kind of have to keep your eyes out for uh, as we go through the weekend. But Minnesota losing yesterday is huge. All right, five and four since the start of October. What do you think? Do you care? Are you only looking towards the future? Or do you like that this team has shown improvement over the last couple of weeks? We go to Scott in Northwest Indiana. You're on ESPN 1000. What do you think, Scott? Good morning, boys. How you doing? Good morning. Hey, man. What's up? Hey, I love listening to you guys. I'm glad you guys are on the radio. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, personally, I was, you know, I've been thinking about this. I don't, I don't know Caleb Williams. I don't. I have watched. I've watched the Notre Dame game. I don't know much about him, but I, I really feel that. This is Eber Plus's game. Uh, he wins this game, or they play really, really well and they lose. Uh, I think he gets next year. Um, if they play horribly, if this is the same game Justin Field played, what, two years ago against the Browns, I, th- I think he's done. I don't know what you guys think about that. Yeah, it's a fair fair point to look at. Um, obviously, I think for Eber Plus, if you look at the, the win-loss record when we get to the end of the season, I think you have to put into full context what we expected of this team. If they land at seven, eight, or nine wins, mm-hmm. I think he's back. I think if, so if they lose three of four here to end this season, if they lose all four, I think then the opportunity to move on off of this coach, I think it's going to be there, and I think it will take place. I think that he is a defensive-minded head coach. I think that if you look at the money that they spent on defense – the guys that they brought in, the acquisition that they made. They traded a second-round pick this year for Montez Sweat. And obviously, he's been a great addition, and you paid him for the future. You gave him a huge deal. And now, in the last five weeks, this is a top three defense in DVOA. I didn't, I, I'm not crazy. I said this. Top three defense in DVOA in the last five weeks. That's how good... The Bears have been playing on defense. I think that if they win seven games, like you said, he's coming back. Now, if you lose today, you win your next two games, and then you get blown out by the Packers again, I think that situationally we could say that that might not be the best, right? Like you could still get to seven wins, 
But if you lose to the Packers and it looks really bad, we know how the McCaskies feel about that Packers game, especially with it being at the end of the year and it being like the most fresh game in their mind as they sit down with Kevin Warren and Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus and discuss the future of the team, that that's going to be the last taste in their mouth is losing to the Packers, that that might not sit well and that he's never beaten the Packers, right? Um, He's gotten two division wins so far. Uh, this year, which have been he hasn't had one since or leading up to this, I mean, so it's trending in the right direction for Matt Eberflus. I think seven is the number. You're right, but I think it's how the seven looks. Also, you know, like if you lose one of the last three games, it might be like you can't lose to the Cardinals at home. You can't. The Falcons are a decent team. Maybe they're fighting for the playoffs too. And you, I don't know if they, it depends on how that Packers loss looks. Because that Packers game, we've been talking about it, could be for either team to get into the playoffs. The Packers have a pretty easy schedule leading up to that game. They face the Bucks today. They've got the Panthers and the Vikings after that. I feel like both teams have a real shot at winning their next three games. And that last game of the season could be for a playoff spot. You know, I'm rolling through the uh, playoff machine right now on ESPN.com. You, you, as a Bears fan, you really need help from Tampa Bay today. Yeah. Uh, essentially, if Green Bay kind of rolls through their final couple weeks, even if, you, even if you beat the Packers in Week 18, you're still going to be on the outside looking in. You'll right. lose the tiebreaker because, um, say uh, things go to script uh, L.A., the Rams run the table, Bears run the table, Packers run the table. You'll have three teams at nine and eight in the conference. The Packers will get in over the Bears because they have more conference wins. So you really need Green Bay to trip up somewhere. You can catch Minnesota. We were kind of discussing that. Mm-hmm. Green Bay is going to have to trip up. Unfortunately, their schedule is so soft, like Abdallah is saying, you kind of need the Bucks today to show up on the road at Lambeau. Yeah. If the Buccaneers can win today, you really have a chance. And, and what that would be is if you keep winning out, it'll be you and the Rams that will make it into the playoffs. Those are the two teams. They'll both be 9-8. and eight. They'll both get in. And uh, right now, if you kind of simulate the season to that point, it would be Bears on the road against the Cowboys for a wild card matchup. Could you imagine that? Wow. But a lot has to happen. Listen, just and, get in, man. And obviously, again, the, all of these conversations circle back to the the most important item as a Bears fan. You have to win. Mm-hmm. The Bears have to win these games starting yeah. with today. We go to Clayton in Peoria. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Clayton? Hey, how's it going, guys? What's up? Yeah, uh, well, you all kind of just stole what I was going to say. When when you said seven to nine wins, I think that seven wins has to be a win against the Packers as well. Um, and that's just my opinion. I don't know what the McCaskies are thinking. But as a fan, I, I'm just sick of losing to the Packers. And I, I, I and also, on the beginning of the season, yes, I, I, um, I said seven, seven wins. You know, I say that's four-win improvement. I do think, and I'm still kind of holding to that. Of course, I want them to win out, and I want them to make the playoffs. But for me, seven wins and beating the Packers at the end of the season, I'm okay with bringing Flus back. And um, I don't even want to talk about the Fields, uh, you know, uh, Caleb Williams thing until the end of the season, until we have all four games um, to figure out what's going on. But as far as Flus, uh, I want them back if they have seven wins and they uh, beat the Packers. Clayton, if uh, Fields plays well over the next four weeks, like plays really well, gives you three touchdowns today, Almost 300 yards, so like 290. 
Uh, and then they, they go on to win these games. Are you willing to change your opinion on fields or are you kind of set? I know you say you don't want to look ahead to the future, but is this well, an opportunity I, for the quarterback in your mind? I'm, I'm on a, uh, I'm emotionally with fields. And I think the, uh, trading the number one pick and getting all these premier positions at, um, for the long haul rather than the quarterback for the long haul. In fact, if he plays pretty well, and I also think uh, then you can sign him to close to a Daniel Jones deal, um, or at least just pick up the option and then figure that out next season. But I, I really think that getting all these other premium positions for the next four or five years will be just as good as signing your or resetting it with Caleb Williams. I also think that uh, Flus wants to play wants to play a more conservative. Um, offense where you're not going to get 300 yards and three touchdowns and maybe one or two picks. He wants to play the, the, the more conservative game. That's just my opinion. But And also, just with the weather at the Bears, I don't know yeah. if it's the weather or what, but you just never we, – we don't ever have – we've never had a guy that passed for 4,000. Even with Jay Keller coming in, all this, it, it's not the style of the Bears. I just don't know if you can – I just don't know if it's even possible. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. Thanks, Clayton. Thanks for the phone call. 312-332-3776. Matt Eberflus, the, the Chicago Bears, are 5-4 and four since the start of October. What do you think of that? Are you looking at that as a positive to why this group should come back next season? We'll take your calls at 312-332-3776. Talking Bears football right here on ESPN 1000. The new home of the Chicago Bears. It's the Game Day Tailgate Show with Black and Abdullah on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. Nick and Norwich, you're on with Black and Abdullah. What's up, Nick? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. So I thought the whole point of this year was to make the playoffs because the NFC was so weak. I mean, other than Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, Geno Smith, and Matt Stafford, the rest of the NFC is complete garbage from a quarterback perspective. So it was incumbent upon Eberflus and Getty to have a great game plan that could just have an efficient team. And they came out the gate clueless. And I think Iberflus needs to be let go as well as Getty at the end of the year because after a year of being on the job, the next year you still shouldn't be clueless. And I'm just tired of having horrible coaches that we're trying to rehab. And I would think the best thing for the Bears is to replace them with a good option. But if there isn't a good option out there, I mean, then I guess if the team's rallying around Iberflus, you might have to keep them because – off the top of my head, there is no, a no, not a no, um, a no brainer. It's unless it's like Harbaugh, right? Yeah, that's the way I kind of look at it. I know a lot of people are going to be clamoring over uh, Ben Johnson and what the Lions were able to do yesterday against the Broncos. I know that's absolutely going to be a talking point, but yeah, but good, Tepper's going to pay him at the uh, Tepper's going to give him a Brinks truck. Yeah, probably. And Harbaugh probably will get a lot of money from someone, too, who yep. the Bears are probably unwilling to match. That, like, that's possible. So, Nick, you, to your point, the Bears could be looking at the third or fourth best option when searching for a head coach if they fire Matt Eberflus. Is that the way you want to go? I mean, Nick makes a good point. Well, that Packers game was extremely disappointing. The way that we... The, what we saw in training camp and the vibes around Hallis Hall to start the season that way, that was pretty pathetic, though, yeah. that loss against the Packers. I think that 
first of all, if it's if the season ended right now, I think they're bringing him back. I think I would too, because unless Harbaugh says I'm only taking the Bears job, that's my caveat. My caveat is like I'm bringing Eberflus back with an asterisk unless Harbaugh calls the Bears and says I'm only taking the Bears job or else I'm staying at Michigan, right? Like, if he goes to the Chargers, whatever, they pay him a bunch of money. If he goes to the Panthers, they pay him a bunch of money. I don't think he'd go there. The Raiders, whatever. Doesn't matter. If he wants the Bears job, I would give him the Bears job, for sure. I think he brings a much better winning culture. I think he can. He plays a style of football that I enjoy watching. I think he can, you know, get with the best out of Justin Fields and the rest of the offense. I think that he's a guy that I would ax Eberflus for. If they win their next four games, though... Why wouldn't you bring Eberflus back? I think that we're too quick to just say, this guy sucks, get him out of here. Because what you're going to do is, unless you're bringing in Harbaugh, you're bringing in another guy who's never been a head coach before. Like, there's not, the, the list doesn't include guys that have been head coaches in the NFL before. Ben Johnson's never been an NFL coach before. Bobby Slowick's never been an NFL head coach before. None of these guys have ever been head coaches before. So when they make mistakes, you're going to get the same calls that say, this guy's never done it before, and now he's making mistakes. You've got a guy now who's had two years of experience. Last year, the organization says it's a wash. Doesn't matter, right? The record is not held against Eberflus. You got rid of all the good players. You were tanking for the first pick. You're letting him learn on the job. None of it mattered, right? This year, it matters. And what's happening? Did they start the season 0-4? Sure, they did. But Dan Campbell started last season 1-6. and And everyone wanted him fired in Detroit. And now what? They turn it around. They miss the playoffs by a game. And now they're the NFL's darling, right? Everyone's picking them to win the NFC. Dan Campbell has better sound bites, though. Well, cool. Adam, and that's awesome. what people care about. Doesn't matter to little, me. Little clickies and uh, retweets. That's Doesn't what matter. That's what people like. Tell that to the same people that want to bring in Bill Belichick, who's the most monotone man I've ever heard in my life, and he's he's only interesting because he's not interesting, right? Like it's the opposite. He's so bland that it's actually interesting and funny when we hear him talk. Okay, so to me, he's done enough. If he wins the next four games or three out of the next four games, if you win eight games, like that's that's enough for me. Is it okay to have the opinion that you say bring Eberflus back unless a clear upgrade wants this gig? And that to me, that's got to be someone that's done it before. Yeah, yeah. Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, uh, Mike Tomlin. Sure. Uh, dream candidate names. If but, there's someone pie in the sky, dream candidate uh, Sean McVay for some sure. reason is available. But as of right now, those guys are not available. We right. don't know what the Steelers are going to do with Tomlin. We don't know if McVay is going to be available. If they make the playoffs, I don't think he's going to get, he's not going to get fired. Well, but They're only going to leave, he's only going to leave the Rams if he decides to leave the Rams. Yeah, and that that was the conversation in the offseason was mm-hmm. that he had one more year in him and he wanted to go to television. He yeah. wanted to be a TV star because he saw what Brady signed for and he sees what all these TV guys, Aikman and Joe Buck, what they're making that he wants to be a TV and, and star. It's stress free. Well, yeah. Well, it's stress free, and you become this this super famous, popular person. I mean, like Gruden was on that track. Yeah. He derailed himself, but yeah. he was on that track. The the John Madden track, where yeah. you won a Super Bowl, you're now on TV. You're America's coach. That's essentially what that gig is. Mm-hmm. America's coach. You teach <laughs> the game to the country. That that was the rumor, and. I always thought in the back of my head is like it'd be nice if he went to TV 
and then got that itch to get back into coaching. And by yeah. that time, we're, we're done with Eberflus, and then the Bears could go after Sean McVay, and that would be the perfect situation. I, I don't know. Unless there's a – I don't want a first-time guy either. I agree with you. I don't want to do that again. I only want guys with, with experience on the job because that's where this team needs to go. We need the next step, right? We, we did the we lost on purpose thing. Now we need to elevate. Now we need to win games. We need to get to the playoffs. So I want someone with experience. I also think that what's going uh, un, not really not talked about as much is how much the locker room loves that guy. Like if you are going to fire a guy that wins eight or nine games and bring in another of uh, the next offensive hotshot that's supposed to be there. The ramifications, I don't know if we know what the ramifications on the defense are going to be or on the team as a whole. Like, if you bring in Harbaugh or Tomlin, I feel like most players are like, okay, I get it, right? But if you bring in Ben Johnson or whoever the next young hotshot offensive coordinator is, like, the team is playing for the coach. Whether we, whether you like his 10-minute press conferences that we hear on Mondays and Wednesdays and Fridays, that doesn't matter to, to, the, to the locker room. It doesn't matter to them. It matters what happens during practice, what happens on the field, what happens during games. And they play for Matt Eberflus. Ron and Morris, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Ron? Well, I've got maybe a little different feeling. I never played the game, so I'm like Cosell. I learn a lot from you guys on the radio. But I do differ in one thing. I want fields to be successful. But I look at some of these games and... Uh, remember the last game, I thought it was intentional grounding, and if he got that call, they wouldn't have had that miracle touchdown. And I thought he had an intentional grounding the day before. Maybe you guys can help me sort that out. I mean, he was almost on the ground. He flips it back, and I think he hit the back leg of a lineman. Yeah. I mean, isn't that the, the equivalent of intentional grounding? Yeah, I think what they ruled with that play is that there was a receiver beyond the line of scrimmage that that would have been the the angle he was trying to get to. But, yes, he threw it directly into the leg of an offensive lineman. Correct. And, and the other thing, I guess, is, you know, the, the Bears have played kind of a bottom schedule. And when they played Minnesota, Kirk Cousins is out, so Dobbs throws four interceptions. Jefferson's not there. And today, the Browns, I, I think you guys, uh, somebody on there said there's 11 people on the injured reserve list. Yeah. And, uh, the injury report. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think they, yeah, just, they have a long they list. They're missing, teams, two, you know. they're missing yeah. three Thanks. starters. Thanks, Ron. Appreciate you. They're missing a couple backup guys, second string guys. Like, yeah, they're banged up, but it's still, I mean, look, it's still the NFL. I mean, look at the Bengals game yesterday. Look at the, you know, there's there's guys that look at the Giants, what they're yeah, doing. No. Go to Monday and then Tuesday. The Bears place Yannick Ngakwe on injured reserve. Yeah. He has a broken ankle. It's mm-hmm. football. It yeah. happens. Yeah. Look at teams yesterday. We were watching games with double backups. I watched two games yesterday with double backups. Yeah. You got to win football games. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, sure. Yeah, they face teams missing guys. Yeah, so did the Vikings yesterday. Do you think the Colts the Vi- care? The Vikings face a team yeah. missing a guy. Probably the second most important guy in the entire league, Joe Burrow. And guess yep. what? They still lost that game. Mm-hmm. You got to go out and win. John Batavia, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, John? Hey, how's it going, guys? First time uh, caller. I want to say I, oh, I enjoy you guys' the show. Appreciate Definitely. it. Definitely. So, here, so here's my thing. I've, I've, been, I've always 
the last few weeks, my thing is I wanted to draft Caleb Williams at the number one pick and possibly trade fields. But do you think, even if Ryan Paul is not completely 100% sold on fields, that it would it would be worth the risk taking of trading the number one pick and possibly getting three to four first round picks and maybe franchise tagging fields on the next year? And, and even if you're not completely sold, would you think it it's worth taking the risk of not taking Williams and potentially getting a boatload? for the number one pick. I'm going to hang up and yeah. I'll listen to you guys. Thanks, John. I, I think you could have success with both decisions. I think you could utilize that top pick, sell it off, get pieces to put around this offense, the defense. Both are improving units. I, I could see that working out. I also could see a scenario where you trade Justin Fields for something, you use that pick on a quarterback, you reset the quarterback clock, you have a good defense, and you kind of go about it that way. You're then expecting that quarterback to click immediately, and you need to have that guy in place to start winning within the first two and three years. Like You're not going to be allowed to give the leash that you gave to Justin Fields to figure it out for the next quarterback. And the reason being is you're going to hit the sweet spot. The best spot to be in in the NFL is a built-up roster with a rookie quarterback that hits. So the, the thing is, if you go that route, that quarterback's going to have to hit immediately. Now, I know there's a lot of quarterback FOMO going around Chicago. People don't want to miss out on the next great quarterback. Mm -hmm. So everyone's obsessed with, we got to take Caleb Williams. We got to take a quarterback one. That path could have success. Yeah. It just, it has to hit. Because if you botch that, now you're really screwed. I think that there is a way that you could kind of have your cake and eat it too, I guess. Like you could trade I'm more of a pie guy. Uh, me too. So let's say have your pie and eat it too. Okay. Uh, put a little ice cream on there too. Just a good, little. Good stuff. Just a little bit. Just, Just a little bit. Um, where you could trade back to like three, and still get a quarterback. Like you could. You might not get Caleb Williams, but you might get Bo Nix. You get your second round pick back. Maybe you get a first round pick for next year. You use your pick, not necessarily on Marvin Harrison Jr., but maybe Malik Neighbors or Odunze from uh, Washington. And you get a stud wide receiver. I mean, look at what T. Higgins was doing yesterday. You need two solid number one wide receivers. And the Bengals have that. And that's why they won that game yesterday. Yeah. Like, Jake Browning was great. I'm not, I'm not saying he, wasn't, he didn't play well. But, like, for when, most of the fourth quarter, the Bengals were without their two best players. Yes, absolutely. Jamar Chase left the game. But you've got T. Higgins, and that's T. What, Higgins dominated. So if you get DJ Moore and Malik Neighbors, and you put and you've got a better offensive line because you get a better center, maybe you get another left tackle. I kind of like what they have now. Uh, you shore up your defense, who's now been playing like a top five defense for the last five weeks. That if you do that, you could insert a rookie quarterback like a Bo Nix or Drake May, or however it falls. But I'm saying you don't get Caleb Williams because he goes number one. And have success and reset the the your financial future. I do understand the appeal of that, and I'm not completely ruling that out yet. Charlie, what do you think about that? Pie in the morning. Not a pie guy. Chicago Bears pregame. pregame. It's the game day tailgate show with Black and Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. Take more of your calls at 312-332-3776. It's Black and Abdallah. 
The pre-pre-show, getting you ready for the network pregame with Sylvie Lance and Dion at 10 o'clock. Getting you ready for Bears and Browns. Listen to the game right here on ESPN Chicago. Check it out on the ESPN Chicago app. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer with the call of the game live from Cleveland later on today. Hopefully, Abdallah, it's a Bears win, and we hear Bear down a lot throughout living rooms around Chicago. Are you singing it? Are you one of those people that you play it on your phone for every touchdown? No, I don't have it queued up on my phone, but... uh... I'll, I'll, I'll be like, I mean, when they're on the road, it's tough because the, you don't hear it like in the stadium, in the in the yes. noise, in the game. So uh, I'll just be yelling. Here on the pre-pre-show, we appreciate football history mm. and the great sport of football. Look out, football, here we come. Yeah, that's right. We, uh, we do appreciate Look that. Look yeah. football, here we come. Uh, so there you go. Bear down, Chicago Bear. You hear it at Soldier Field. You hear it around Chicago. You hear that song all the time. Cleveland has their own song that oh. dates back to the 1940s. Wow. That's right. It's called High Ohio for Cleveland. High Ohio for High Cleveland. Ohio for Cleveland. Yeah, 1946. Okay. This is Lou Groza of the Cleveland Browns. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Lou Groza? Yes. Is that the same guy that does the other song? Is this guy just introing songs? No, it was someone else from the Lions. The Lions had a different guy. So the Lions have a different guy. Okay, do you want to know a little about Lou Groza? Yeah. This is Lou Groza. Tell us about Lou Groza. Louis Roy Groza, nicknamed The Toe, was an American professional football offensive tackle and place kicker while playing his entire career for the Cleveland Browns in the All-America Football Conference, the AAFC. And the NFL. He was professional football's career kicking and points leader when he retired in the 1967 season. He played 20, he played 21 seasons. Yeah, well, there My you go. God. Yeah. This just, he, this guy just looks like he kind of looks like the dad from the Wonder Years. Oh, does like, he, does he have a, like, uh, uh, what type of haircut does he have? Oh, it is, it is side parted and pushed <laughs> over. Like this, this guy, this is a hard working American. This is Luke Rosa. All right, Lou Groza with the introduction, 1946 for the Browns song. Uh, the song is called High Ohio for Cleveland. This is Lou Groza of the Cleveland Browns. High Ohio for Cleveland. He even sounds confused. I like that. That's good. It's a nice touch. All right, that's kind of it, right? All right, yeah, I guess Man. so. Okay. I mean, I like I like Lou Groza. All right, well, uh, hopefully we hear more Bear Down today. This is a song. This gets people moving. Why didn't they adopt the, um, 
the Drew Carey theme song that was sung by the Presidents of the United States of America. Cleveland, Cleveland Rocks. Rocks? Yeah, that's a great song. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they play it. I'm sure they play it. Let's see. Of course they play it. Play. Well, there's no fun in, in looking that up. What's fun is finding, what what's his name, Lou Groza? Lou Groza. This is Lou Groza of the Cleveland Browns. It's a confused name for a song. Hi, Ohio for Cleveland. He sounds out of breath when he's trying to read He the sounds name. confused by it. It seems like a strange name of a song. You should see, like, it, it's, it's, it looks weird. Right? Yeah. Like, all right. Yeah. Well, there you uh, go. So... Did you see that they changed their uh, the official song of the state of Ohio? They changed it. The Cleveland the, Rocks? No, 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 no. So between the third and fourth quarter, the Browns used to play Hang On Sloopy. Oh, yeah. Isn't that a big uh, Ohio State Buckeye thing? Too? Well, it's the, the official song of the state of Ohio, and yeah. now they don't do it anymore. Oh, that's a shame. They took it out after uh, in, in 2022 for some reason. It's a tough break for them. Yeah, it's a tough act to follow. Yeah, of course it is. More than 40,000 watched in disbelief as a hot air balloon carried an 11-year-old boy over the light towers and eventually dumped him in the icy Minnesota River. It was a tough act to follow. It's a tough Luke act Rosa. to follow, and we love and appreciate NFL history. Uh, Joe in Rolling Meadows, you're on ESPN 1000. Hello, Joe. Hey, I just wanted to talk about how I think if we're going to move forward with the new quarterback, that I think it has to be a new coach and vice versa. If they don't think, I think the decision for fields is still up in the air. And if by the end of these four games, it's not a hundred percent, then next year it's still after next year, it won't be a hundred percent. And now we got to pay that guy. So I think getting that clock started over again is crucial. Plus I think we need to make a move to our offensive coach. You look at the teams that are, you look at the like, like you said yesterday, we're watching these backup quarterbacks succeed to some degree, and they all have offensive coaches. And we're going to have to take a chance, that's no doubt. But I think that's our best chance moving forward. All right, we got you down, Joe. Appreciate it. it resetting the clock for the quarterback. I, I, it's a must. I don't think it's a must. I think you wait and see how these final four games play out, and I could be persuaded either way. I do understand the financial flexibility, but I also understand the point of building something and seeing improvement. Fields is playing better than he did last year. Look at the last 17 games. Over 3,000 yards passing, 33 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, and over 1,000 yards rushing. Like, they're building something. And if they play well over the next four games, like, what if they do go undefeated the rest of the way? Like, you're not getting rid of anybody at that point. I think they're all back. If you win the next four weeks, I think everyone's back. Yeah. It's Blocking Abdallah. We're previewing the Bears and the Browns right here on ESPN 1000. The new home of the Bears.